0: and don't forget to check out our website www.hisheartline.com we're happy to have you let's get started Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side because they are the ones in charge. They are the hosts. They are the ones that are at the wheel and they are steering this ship through these crazy chaotic waters that we call life. So welcome. Glad to have you all here today. It is Monday, Funday Monday, October 24th, 2022. And you are joined here at His Heartline with another episode of 1% with Him. And we are going to be doing a reading out of the book of Romans, chapter 12. So before we get started today, I will say this. There has been something that was released to me. I say released to me. It's actually released to the public. It's not just specifically for me, so I don't want to give any false pretenses on that. But something was sent to me an article if you will that was written by someone with the initials AVR and if you're in the national assembly or even the state assembly for that matter which is unlawful but if you're in the national assembly the lawful assembly AVR likes to write articles and she posts them on her website and pretty much Begs for donation for her work. Yesterday I did a show. On the National Assembly update. And more. And. I went over. And played. A, uh, a skit. A, a, a scene from a movie called The Terminal. And it was a scene. Where Tom Hanks' character was a foreigner who was flying to the United States from his land of Crocosia. And the people in that country rose up and basically a revolution took place. What ended up happening is that his nation, because of all the political turmoil and everything that was going on in that nation, technically was no longer a valid nation. His visa and his passports were considered canceled, not acceptable. So basically, he could not step foot on U.S. soil, nor could he go back. Basically, he was a man without a nation. I played that yesterday to draw a parallel with what people are doing that sign up for the state national assembly. And what's basically what they're doing over there is they are becoming people under common law, technically, they but they are becoming people without an. They, they are they are swearing an allegiance to an entity that is not a nation. They they are going to be people, technically, without a nation. So AVR writes this article, and I'm going to tell you right now: if this doesn't wake people up, I don't know what will. Because in her article, and I'm going to go over it live on the air tomorrow on a His line discussion. I'd do it today, but it got a little late for me. I'm trying to enjoy the last few days of nice warm weather before it starts cooling down again. It hit 80 today, which is kind of unusual for late October. It felt great. But I'm going to be going over her article that she wrote yesterday. Or today, whenever she wrote it. But I'm going to go over it tomorrow. And basically, in a nutshell, I'll just give you spoiler alert here. She basically talks about how David Straight's ways of doing things, basically, in a nutshell, is wrong. How people who are doing their status correction, how they weren't given full disclosure of what he's doing. Now, keep in mind, AVR trained David Strait. And what I find interesting is just like the Colorado nine that is, that got jailed a few years ago because of AVR and the direction and quote unquote leading them basically to their own demise. And now a lot of them are still doing prison time yet. That's a long story in of itself. But then, you know, after they got busted the next day, she ended up putting out an article and basically claiming how, you know, she had nothing to do with that kind of convenient. The day they get busted in jail or whatever, the same day she releases this article, claiming that she had nothing to do with it. Well, I think she is suspecting that David Strait is in some trouble. And she conveniently put out this article claiming that the State National Assembly is not the way to go, basically. So we're going to cover that more in detail, so spoiler alert slash teaser. Now, if you want to go ahead and find her site and try to find the article and read it, go ahead, but uh, leave me to do the hard work. I'll read it here so you can just, you know, for your own listening pleasure. Come back here tomorrow. We're going to go over that. So I find that very interesting. Now, before we do the reading of Romans chapter 12, I did want to, you know, I did... What I wanted to do actually for tomorrow's show is actually read over some of these documents that we sign when we become a member of We the People in Assembly. Because we have what's called a general Covenant of Office. Then we have a Declaration of Unalienable Rights held by Indigenous Power with a covenant affirmation on it. And then the next one is a declaration of independence circa 2010 in accord with 1776 unanimous declaration of independence. But for the sake of time, I do want to read the Jural Covenant of Office. It's also known as a JCO. No, this is not status correction. No, this is not um, doing anything that is associated with the corporate government. So I'm just going to read this because it is very important for anybody that is thinking about becoming a member of the National Assembly in your local state and county. So from this Jural Covenant office, now Michigan jurist in, eh, I'll say it because I've already said it, in Muskegon County settlement. And it says, with right hand raised in front of three living witnesses or live witnesses in Jural Assembly, by your own words, pledge the following for Jural Covenant. And it reads, and I read this out loud, of course, or I had to swear, you know, by it. it. Says, "I declare my unalienable rights are held by indigenous power in one people assembly in this free and independent state, with a firm reliance on divine providence. I will support, protect, and defend the national God-given rights and liberty of the people." from the free and independent state, Michigan. I am sentient and of free will, and by this covenant, I agree to accept and serve as a jurist serving Michigan, a free and independent state. I, Jason, and then my full name, I'm not going to put it all out there, do solemnly pledge by jural covenant to serve with Muskegon County Settlement Lawfully settled within the geographical boundaries of Michigan, a free and independent state. I will delegate power from unalienable rights held by indigenous power. If appointed or elected to any office serving the people in Michigan, a free and independent state, and I accept such calling, I will faithfully serve this office. I will uphold, support, preserve, protect, and defend my local county settlement covenant. Covenant of Michigan. A free and independent state, Declaration of Independence, July 4, 1776, and the Constitution, 1789, and the Bill of Rights, circa 1791. I will perform and fulfill all jural duties, administered the laws of this free and independent state with respect to its people faithfully, impartially, peacefully, honorably, and never contrary to the law of Almighty God. Presenting no one through envy, hatred, malice, covetedness, or ill-will, and leaving no one unrepresented because of fear, favor, affection, reward, or enticements. Investigating without restraint all matters of knowledge, or which have been brought forth unto me in such impartial capacity, keeping all such counsel and deliberations at all times secret, for protection of the people. I solemnly affirm to do all of this to the best of my ability and understanding as a sacred covenant between me and the people. And I am about to serve local to this free and independent state and the almighty creator. So help me God. And underneath it says, Appalachian autograph, may heaven and earth be one eternal witness this day. Affirmed in autograph by Appalachian in grace, centered In almighty God by, and then I print my appellation, which is pretty much your name, your printed appellation, your autograph, and then, of course, your address, your phone number, your email, the date you did it. For me, it was October 17th. That was pretty cool. And then you got three witnesses. And at the bottom, it says, as a jurist, or excuse me, it says a jurist is one that knows, engages in, and will uphold matters of common law. A qualified jurist may be called, elected, or appointed to serve in positions of delegated authority for Michigan, a free and independent state. They may be called upon to serve on a juror panel as a juror of, jural, excuse me, jury panel as a juror on a county, state, or national district grand jury, trial jury, special jury, Jural assembly or remain collected in the assembly jury pool for reserves as alternates on select committees as select office holders or actually seated upon one of the many juries that shall exist from the county level and up. So that is what we call the JCO. That is your Jural Covenant of Office. So I just wanted to read that. I am going to take a separate show and go over all these documents because I feel and it's very important, especially as we gain more and more new members, people that are coming on. Because I want to make sure that we provide the best education that we possibly can where people can really fully understand and comprehend what we do here at the assembly. And as Jason here, part of his hard line, which, again, was a podcast that was pushed upon me in my mind by God to start, because this is not my own doing. This is truly God's doing. God is working through all of us and part of reading his word on the air daily, which is what we're about to do here in a minute or two. A big part of what we do here is to help people learn about the national assembly and how to get involved and what's it about the true history, what to avoid. Ladies and gentlemen, we're just trying to get our nation back, back in the power of we the people. It, our offices have sat vacant since 1861. Jason, why are you talking about this on a one percent with him? Well, because everything ties in together. My wife was just reading a post not that long ago, and this is what she said. That not my wife. This is what the girl said in her post, and now this is a high school friend of hers who, <clears throat> you know grew up in a conservative and Christian household. This is what the Post said. It says, if, you're politically, if your political campaign includes your religious beliefs or you are running using your faith as a selling point, you shouldn't be allowed to be on the ballot, period. Your religion has no place in our government. To be clear, this is not singularly about Christianity. It is all religions. I wish I was on Facebook because I would have, I would have pretty much told her, you are very, very ignorant little girl for putting out such a stupid, and I'm gonna say it, for putting out such a stupid comment. The founding of this nation, and and again, I'm, I'm tying this together. And so, somebody's asking me, well, Jason, why are you talking about this on 1% with him? Because the founding of this nation, somebody said it right here best. This gentleman named Fred, first comment to this post that was on Facebook under one of my wife's friends, he literally says, Wow, America literally was founded. And I can't, it, obviously, he wrote more than what I'm reading here because it says, See more. This is just a screenshot my wife sent me. But he says, wow, America literally was founded, designed, built, and maintained on God's law. And that says, see more. I can only imagine he went on further to saying. The the foundation of this nation was built and based on the rock of God and Jesus Christ. I mean, this, this, unfortunately, this ignorant young woman by the name of Kaylee. And I tell you, boy, I wish she hears this podcast. She probably won't. But the fact that she made such a stupid post like this. And, you know, she's college educated. I mean, we're talking. She is one of uh, she's an EMT or whatever. Right. For, For emergency medical, whatever. Right. You know, basically rides around in the ambulances. And, you know, my wife sent this to me. She goes, you know, this really makes me sad that people feel this way and i said well that's her choice on that opinion i said that's why she would never what's going on (laughs) hardliners really see this is the kind of crap i cannot take see ladies and gentlemen (laughs) if you notice music turning on randomly just know that's not me doing that i'm literally hands off the computer i'm actually on my phone (laughs) And this is the kind of nonsense that we experience. It's like they try to whoever, whether if it's Satan or some black hat hacker somewhere. Welcome to his heart. Here oh it is again. Stop. It's like somebody's trying to like purposely thwart the progress here. I, I've grown immune to it. I don't even care about these distractions anymore because I'm going to still press forward. I think that's one of the reasons why God called me to do this, because quite frankly, you know, God knows I don't give a flying crap. Now I know zero Michigan was saying cyber tech security is what you need. I know problem is, is uh funding, you know, <laughs> um, it's just, it's just one of those things, you know, at the moment I'll deal with this distractions because for right now I'm just relying solely on prayer. Now, if it gets severe enough to where I have equipment physically going down, like permanently where I need to actually buy new equipment, then yeah, then we got to move it to a different, you know, a next level. Um, but you know, at the end of the day <clears throat> at the end of the day though, I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get thwarted. I'm not gonna get nudged off the path. It takes a lot for me to get nudged off the path, but yeah, you know this girl though unfortunately she's probably not the only one that has this opinion. this nation was founded on the foundation of God and Christianity, it wasn't founded on atheism it wasn't founded on Buddhism. none of that. That's why when you read the Declaration of Independence and the Gerald Covenant Office that I just went over and all of our other founding documents, a lot of it except really somewhat not really so much the Constitution but definitely the Declaration of Independence and and the uh, what is it the Articles of Confederation. You can tell that was written with God in the back of their minds. It was written like it was a biblical document, and it is. So anyway on a separate show i'm going to read these documents off the declaration of unalienable rights held by indigenous power the declaration of independence circuit 2010 which is in accord with 1776 unanimous declaration of independence and i will go back over the general covenant of office very important so but again come join tomorrow we'll go over exactly what anna von Rights wrote in her article And that is going to be very, very interesting. So little teaser. I can't get too much into it now, but come back tomorrow if you want to hear the majority of it. But I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be a lot of P.O. people who did their little status correction. A lot of P.O. people because basically. She sold a bill of goods to a lot of people, and now she's backing out saying, I don't know why you people did that. This is not good. So she sold something as good, and now she's backing out of it saying it's not good. So more on that tomorrow. So let's get into the reading. So Romans chapter 12, New American Standard Bible, starting with verse number one. Excuse me, let me take a sip of water here. The air has been a little dry, so forgive me if I sound a little weird. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many parts in one body, and all the body parts do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually parts of one another. However, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to use them properly. If prophecy in proportion to one's faith, if service in the act of serving, or the one who teaches in the act of teaching, or the one who exhorts in the work of exhortation, the one who gives with generosity, the one who is in leadership with diligence, and the one who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Love must be free of hypocrisy, detest what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, give performance to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, and contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Hmm. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never repay evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all people. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all people. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink, for in so doing you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. And that is the full reading of uh, chapter 12, verses 1 through 21. I know it goes without saying, and it seems like I see this after a lot of chapters I read, but those are some pretty profound words. Um, One thing that stands out to me, where did I just read this? Where did I just read this? Oh, right here where it says, for just in verse 4. For just as we have many parts in one body and all the body parts do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually parts of one another. However, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to use them properly if prophecy in proportion to one's faith. And like it says here, I'm going to just only read part of this, verse 7, If service. In the act of serving. Or the one who teaches in the act of teaching. I'm going to pause there for a minute. When I was called to do this podcast. Over a year ago. I had reservations. And I had a paralysis of the analysis. I let the idea stew in my mind. And I didn't act on it. And then. I ran across a sermon by John MacArthur, who is a pastor for a church for, I think it's called Grace Community Church. I believe it's out in LA. I might have the name wrong, but there was a sermon he did back in August in 2021. I found the transcript of it on the National Assembly site, which by the way, if anybody needs it, It's www.national-assembly.net. I was kind of thinking back on yesterday's show on the assembly update and more. I didn't give that website out. I don't think once, maybe one time, but I was thinking to myself today when I was driving that truck, I'm like, man, I don't remember really giving out the website. So again, if you're interested in the national assembly and joining your state's assembly or starting it, go to national-assembly.net. Um, but when I got this calling to do this podcast, it was like it hit me like a ton of bricks after I read that sermon, the transcript of it. It was as if God had his right hand literally slapped me upside the head because at that moment that passion came back in me about wanting to do this podcast that I felt back in May of twenty um twenty one. <laughs> and if I, if, if God had audible words, this is what I heard in my mind. Are you ready? Cause I need you now. It's time. And if you don't move on this, I'm moving on to someone else. I said, okay, loud and clear, God. So I didn't hesitate. Went to guitar center, started buying equipment subscriptions for pod bean to do unlimited audio podcasts i mean i started buying web domains tried to research names and coming up with intros like i just started getting to work i didn't know what i was doing just went to work and like it says right here in verse seven if service is if service in the act of serving or the one who teaches in the act of teaching now somebody once told me and I still have a hard time believing it because I don't feel like I'm doing anything special here, but, um, someone who listens to the show and he's part of the Alaska assembly said, you, you know, you have the heart of a teacher. I said, well, I don't know about that. I just read what other people put up online and I just regurgitate it in Jason Jones's own way. I so I don't really see myself as a teacher, but that's cool if you do or anybody, that's cool. I just, I guess, I've never thought about it like that. But I know one thing for sure. You know what gift I know God gave me? He gave me a loud mouth and a mind that doesn't give a hoot what other people think of me. So if people want to criticize me, that's fine. Move on. I don't care. I am used to criticism. Maybe that's why I DJed for eight and a half years. I can't tell you how much criticism I got in in and out of nightclubs. People coming up to me saying, "Oh, you suck." You play terrible music, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, okay. Go to another club. You know, I just never cared what people thought of me. That's why I never had cliques that I hung out with in high school. I was an independent, lone, you know, individual man. I didn't have cliques. I was friends with everybody, but not so close to where I was in with them, if that makes sense. And so as part of being one body of Christ, like we all have... And a lot of, you know, a gift that was given to us by God. And we all have different functions as the one body in Christ. And that's what the assembly is. It is one body in Christ with many, many, many individual working parts. Now, I could be wrong on this. I'm just going to go out there and just say, this is Jason Jones's little mind thinking. This is not fact. This is not... Uh, a true, what do you want to say it? This is not a, it's not a fact and it's not a <clears throat> A proclamation. I'm just saying, this is just my mind working. What if the second coming of Christ, what if the second coming of Christ was the people and assembly? Because it says right For another here, another episode, oh my oh. Lord, 1% with him, stop it. This is annoying. It's, <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I'm gonna just invoke the Lord's name right now. In Jesus Christ's name, whoever is doing this, and Lord make them stop. <laughs> it's becoming laughable. But like I was saying, what if the second coming of Christ was the people in assembly were the multiple parts of one body of Jesus Christ come together with different talents, different Skills, different abilities and comprehension levels and everything like that, right? What if that was the second coming of Christ? I mean, again, this is just Jason Jones's mind thinking for a second. But we do center God and Jesus at the center of everything. We do opening prayers and closing prayers before and after each meeting. There is no such thing as right or left, a Democrat or Republican, leftist or righty. There's none of that in the assembly. You know what you have in the assembly of God's people? You have unity. You have unity. So, I mean, what's chapter, you know, Romans chapter 12 pretty much trying to tell us? Well, This begins a new section in Paul's letter. And as in many of his other epistles, Paul begins Romans with teaching on doctrine and ends with teaching on how we should live because of what is true. And this pattern of theory followed by application is a hallmark of his writing. Now, if you look at Romans 1 through 11, it focuses intently on doctrine of salvation by God's grace and through all of our faith in Jesus. Now, knowing those ideas, how then should those saved by God's grace live today? How should we respond to the incredible mercy God has shown to us? I mean, Romans 12 begins to answer that question. And since we can never repay God for forgiving our sins and including us in his family, there is only one real rational response, and that's to worship him, right? And so by this, Paul does not mean singing a few songs on Sunday morning, which that in of itself, I think is incorrect because I don't think because the calendar and everything has been changed. Because if you look at it, Sunday is the first day of the week. Um, Aren't we supposed to be keeping the Sabbath holy and isn't the Sabbath on a Saturday? I'm just saying, but he describes our reasonable worship as presenting our bodies our entire lives to god as if we are the holy acceptable sacrifices living sacrifices to boot and so the difference between this and the animal sacrifices of the old covenant is that we are to be living breathing sacrifices i'm going to repeat that living breathing sacrifices using up our lives in service to god You can find that in Romans 12.1, the very first verse. I'm going to reread this little section. The difference between this and the animal sacrifices of the Old Covenant, of the Old Covenant, by the way, is that we are living, we're breathing sacrifices, using up our lives in service to God. That is what we are here to do in the assembly. To use our lives in the service of God and his people. That's why I read that Jural Covenant of Office at the beginning of the show. We don't do this for self-serving reasons. We do this for God and we do this for his people. Why? Because we love people. We love this nation. I hope that helps you tie it in a little bit. And yeah, Zero Michigan says it right. It's not about the day, it's about Jesus. We are the holy temples now. We are. Which is why I kind of posed my thought slash question of, you know, what if the people assembling together as one unity, you know, in unity under God, what if that was the second coming of Christ? I mean, there's nothing more I would love than to see everything around the world centered around God again. Because we walked away as a people away from God. We need to get back to him. Because he never left us. We left him. Why? Well, because we fell for the schemes of the devil. It's very simple. And he was almost successful with it. We'll get back there. And so this will require transformation. And so we, you know, this is something that Paul writes. Now, we must break free from but rather than conforming to the me first way the human world prefers you know the what is it the the religion of me as some would put it and so we must have our minds renewed to look at the world through god's eyes and sometimes that can be hard but to begin under you know to to begin to understand what he wants instead of focusing on what we want we can't rely on our own understanding and so the first investment of this sacrifice life, sacrifice life that God asked from us is to serve each other. Let me repeat that to serve each other in the church. <clears throat> he has equipped us to do this by giving each believer specific spiritual gifts through the whole, his Holy Spirit who comes to live with us. So in other words, God has supernaturally enabled us to basically be able to give each other exactly what we need or exactly what is needed but we must do it. Now, altogether, the church is Christ's body. And with each person serving a specific function, that keeps the body going. Now, our first job is to find our function and to do it through God's power, for the God, or excuse me, for the good of everyone else. Now, next, Paul paints a picture of a living sacrifice lifestyle. So this comes with a long list of commands, a modern letter, or an office memo would put each of these in a separate bullet point. Paul begins by saying that our love for God and each other must not be faked. It's not a performance. He writes that everything we do must be motivated by genuine love. Agape love, right? And so as God does, we must learn to hate what is evil and to hold on tight to what is good. Now, we should love each other. With the loyalty of affectionate siblings, like, you know, with the loyalty of affectionate siblings. You know, obviously we have our sibling rivalry and that will take form of, you know, trying to outdo each other and giving honor to one another, but we must keep our head in this game. Though this is no mere game, loving and giving and serving the Lord with great enthusiasm in the burning power of the Holy Spirit. And so this life of sacrifice will involve our mind our will, our emotions, and so we must continually acknowledge that our hope, our future in eternity with God is worth celebrating. And the suffering in this life is real, but we know it's temporary. And so we have to be patient with that and wait. We have to continually pray to the Father who hears and responds to us through the Holy Spirit. Remember, we may be persecuted, we may have enemies in this life, and people who wish to harm us for one reason or another, whatever. we got to remember, though, Christ calls us to follow his example and to refuse to curse them. You know who curses people? Sorcerers, witches, warlocks. Those are the ones that curse people. We do not repay evil with evil. We do not take revenge. We will let God handle that. Instead, as Jesus said, we will be the one that gives food and water to the enemies in acts of kindness in order to overcome evil with good. And we see that referenced in 12 verses 14 through 21. What was I just saying yesterday in the assembly update and more show? What was I just saying? I was saying that when you become part of the member of the assembly, a member of the assembly and you're on the, you know, you make up the grand jury, which is owned and and ran and operated by the people, not the corporation. And you petition someone to be held in a trial because of either a crime against humanity, or they did something that, you need to see them basically pay for their deeds, their their deeds against humanity. Like I said, even if it's a family member who is a nurse administering these COVID shots that are killing and hurting people, I love my family. I don't wanna see anybody do prison or be executed. However, again, you know, God handles the forgiveness and God handles the judgment, but you know, I do believe it does say it somewhere in the Bible. We still need to be judgmental on the deed, not the man or woman on the deed committed, whether good or bad. We don't do this to be revengeful or to repay evil with evil. No, we're not trying to do this to curse them. No. But we got to remember if they're harming somebody else's life or take somebody else's life, it is up to us as God's people to make sure it gets called out. Yeah, exactly. You know what? Zero Michigan said it exactly right when he typed it up. We do call it out, we have to call it out. And Destry was saying, God gave each of us unique abilities because we are all the manifestation of God. We are all a piece of his will. Yes. And Rita was just saying, God is revealing the evil. Absolutely. And one other thing I like what Zero in Michigan was saying, to be a leader, you must serve, be a servant among your people. And that's it. That's exactly it. That's what we're called to do. We're not called to stand idly by. We're not called to just binge watch Netflix and party all day and drink all night. I mean, that's not what we do. I mean, that's what I used to do. But I look back on that life and that was a very unfulfilling life. That was shallow and empty. I'm glad I'm not in that life anymore. I probably would have died at a very early age, to be honest with you, if I would have kept up on that. But, you know, yeah, Rita is certainly right. It's much more exciting now. Yeah, I'd rather be living in this life right now than the life I had 15 years ago. (laughs) This is definitely more exciting, to say the least. There's no doubt about it. Excuse me. But that is pretty much all I have for the show for tonight. So we're going to hang this up. Um. And we'll be back here tomorrow for another episode of 1% with him. where we read Romans chapter 13. And it just hit me. I think what I'm going to do after we're done with Romans. We're going to dig into Isaiah. For some reason I want to read the book of Isaiah. That's a very important book. So we're going to start reading into that after we get done with Romans. So we're going to take a blast to the past in the Old Testament. And we're going to do Isaiah. I think that's a great idea. Now just curious to see if my piano music will play for the prayer here probably won't because I was having a hard time with it earlier let me see here oh it decides to want to work that's cool All right, Heavenly Father thank you thank you thank you for your guidance thank you for putting us in this place in this time that we're in right now um I know sometimes we probably listen to too much noise to where it makes it hard to listen to you. We will do our best to quiet the noise of life so we can hear you and the Holy Spirit more clearly. Give us your orders, your decrees, your your commands outside of what you've already commanded us in your holy book. But show us the way. Show us what you need us to do. We'll follow it. We just want our nation back. We want our people back. We want freedom. We want liberty. We want you centered in everybody's life once again, not by force, but by free will. Because I know that's not what you want. You don't want people to be forced to have you centered in their life. We just want people that want to do it on their own merits. And so we invite Jesus, your son, every day in our heart, we ask that you guide our thoughts, you guide our words and you guide our actions and may every one of those thoughts words and actions be in perfect alignment with your will we pray all this in your holy son's name jesus christ amen and that is all i have for the day and yes like rita was saying he deserves all the praise in jesus mighty name amen yes he does God will always get the praise here at his hard line. That's why it's called his hard line, because his hard line is not my hard line. Let me be clear. This is not my hard line. Now, it's a hard line I will defend, but that's not my line. It's God's line. It's Jesus's line. It's the Holy Spirit's line, because that enemy crossed it way too many times. Enough is enough. And like I always say here. We're firm, we're steadfast, and we're uncompromising. We're going to be unwavering. We're going to push the enemy back on their side. We're not going to let them trespass on us anymore. Just like we should not trespass on the enemy, but we will stand up against the enemy with the numbers that we need. And it will come to a point at some point very soon where we can say to the enemy, you're no longer welcomed or needed. Have a nice life, bye-bye. We will get to that point. It's coming, but we can't trespass on them. Just like we don't wanna be trespassed on. And that's why this is called his hard line. We will push the enemy back on that side. And like I said, and this is my favorite verse, Joshua 1, 9, it says, I command you, be strong, be steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I absolutely love that verse. So proceed forward, hardliners, and never waver. Remember, this is your land, this is your country, this is your life. You need to own it, you need to protect it. So have a blessed day or night, wherever you're at in the world, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us here at His Hardline. 拜拜